Oso. Uh, no one. More about gel coat. When the fourth round. Don't you call in the. Well, doesn't look good already. Okay. Jumbo Scampi for limited. All for a price that will make you. Hello, Queued Up listeners, and welcome to Queued Up Database. This is Jamie, one of your co-hosts, and spoiler alert, White Claw is only good for making gin and tonics. Nice. Very popular opinion. I can get behind that. Uh, and hello, cuties out there. I'm your other co-host, Stephen Mokler, and spoiler alert, I don't want to believe. So, uh, how are you today, Jamie? I'm good. Uh, it's been a busy weekend. A lot of yeah. people came up. Um, but also work and watching X Files. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right. Perfect. Well, I guess then that just means we should introduce our guest. Hello, guest. Who are you? Who Who do we have on with us today? Hey, hey guys. My name's Alex. Alex Ridgeway. Uh, big big fan of the show. You know, so been listening to all your episodes. Yes. And Fine. uh, it's definitely in my top one hundred podcasts out there so there we awesome. go you guys crack the top hundred i would like to be like one person's hundredth favorite thing then no person's not anything so it's a start and we'll take what we can get uh how have you been alex what uh I- you know i'm good uh just hanging around oxford uh i started yeah. doing stand-up recently so that's been fun i haven't been booed off stage yet only one person has been booed off stage the whole time I've been there, so and they were really drunk. Oh well, I guess that explains it. They deserve it. Was it a white guy? No shame. Yeah, yeah. He just kept saying offensive stuff like you know Trump twenty twenty and all that. Perfect. There we go. Knew it. <laughs> Not actually jokes, just weird statements. Yeah, it's always best to have jokes when you go on stage. You know, just a suggestion. I just bring my whole life with me when I'm on stage. That's that's my joke. That's what uh, most comedians do. They just talk about their life. They talk about the day when they woke up. So I guess like in we're about to get your type five of comedy. So we'll see. But um, do you have a do you have a notebook? Are you like are you like cool comedians? Do you carry around a joke book? Uh, no, I don't. I uh, I use my phone like most other people. So yeah, I just write notes. Whenever I think of something funny, yeah. you know. Um, okay. Yeah, who Is there a, who needs a notebook in 2019? I've seen got people a, actually pull out a notebook and it, got it's, a notes it's weird. They might as well pull out a rotary phone or something like that. I bet they're the kinds of people who, if they were old enough, they would write personal checks at grocery stores. <laughs> they they would be that person. They would just here, let me get the checkbook, and then you're just there forever in eternity. But, uh, so, do you ever find that it's really, like, just inconvenient to take, like, what do you do when it's really inconvenient to just, like, jot down a, 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 uh, something, an anecdote Oh, I just forget it. I I, I totally just forget (laughs) it. I think uh, 90% of my jokes just end up in the ether somewhere or something like that. Yeah, definitely. There's, like, a comedy special out there that's just, like, Alex Ridgway in the ether. 
Like, it'll get uploaded to Netflix one day. I'm sure Alexa has heard. I don't sure tell most of my jokes. Most of my jokes are just stupid or offensive. So, yeah, I did just reject those offhand. There we go. Yeah, so uh, only, like, 1% of jokes actually see the light of day. So this well, is, like... I mean, that's probably a good percentage, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good number still. All right, one of my favorite jokes. Uh, tell me if you find this funny or not. All right. I'm out with my fake girlfriend, and she's drinking milk. It's late at night. I, I say, hey, didn't you just brush your teeth? And she says, what are you, a plaque scientist? And I say, what do you mean, a dentist? That joke's funny because I don't explain the fake girlfriend thing. They just, like, uh, freak out. They're like, is this, like, a Lars and the Real Girl situation? Type you thing? just roll with it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. The joke only works if I have a girlfriend, okay? That's, that's why. <laughs> It's a fake girlfriend thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go on a snacks. I'm dying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Completely forgot that that's something we do in our own podcast. Thank you, Ridgeway. What is what is your favorite snack? Uh, you know, I like Skittles or M&Ms, any sort of like sweets or candy and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, big fan of Twizzlers. Have you ever tried Red Vines? No. They're not yes. the same. No. They're not the same at all. They taste like, like licorice, which is not what I want in a licorice candy. Because licorice like... is like gross. It's disgusting. And so my uh, my grandmother once bought me like five pounds of different flavors of licorice. And it was, I don't know why. I think I ate a Twizzler in front of her. And she bought me <laughs> like pineapple, blue raspberry, strawberry, it's the most ridiculous licorice, and I'd ate none of it because I don't like licorice. You don't like, so you don't like the flavor of anise, or you don't, you just don't like the gummy candy. It's the, it's the texture. It's definitely the. Yeah. T- I like gummy candies, but licorice is like, it's it's a weird texture. Well, I don't understand because it's sometimes like with red vines i said i'd never had them i've ha- i've had them before but it's like chewing through a lanyard it's like why <laughs> like i should be doing arts and crafts with this shit i shouldn't be putting it in my mouth you know unless i'm a five-year-old but like there are some licorice like you just it's just weird it's just like crumbly in the middle but it's soft on the outside and that's like the new like newtonian like liquid <laughs> that i like nasa needs to play with because I don't even fucking know. Like, that's how we're going to get to Mars, is a spaceship. That cheap uh, gummy stuff they sell at gas stations? Like, off-brand gummy worms and, like... Yes. Fuck yes. Yeah, that's great. How about those, like, orange slices? Those are... Mm. are, I'm changing my answer. Orange slices? Yeah. So, the one gummy candy that I have discovered that is the same across... Like, no matter the variation, for some reason it comes out... Like, it can be your 365 Whole Foods, like, fucking gummy, or it can be your gas station, you know, grossest gas station in the middle of nowhere. Gummy Sharks. Blue Sharks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same fucking flavor no matter where you go, no matter where, how What's they're the made. What's the white stuff on a Gummy Shark? What's what the lifespan? I'm sure it's the same as a Twinkie. Which Forever. I'm fine with that. That's what makes them good. You know, if if you eat it, you'll last forever. <laughs> Never decay. 
Mm. I do love gummy sharks, though. They're the best. Oh, so good. So, so your favorite your favorite snack is like gas station two for one dollar gummies. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. That's a very good because you just like go, you get like a. I get like a like a Red Bull or a bottle of um, like a thing of peace tea and then some gummies and I go peace back and tea, watch TV. Not Arizona. Yeah, I'll, I mean yeah, I don't yeah, really drink either that much anymore. It's giant, gigantic. Ah, and they got the cool designs. It's like yeah, dude, snowberry, sweet tea. See, please. See, okay, like Arizona tea looks like the '90s graphics that they've never changed from, and then peace tea looks like a bunch of like hipster new age bullshit. They put all the money that should have gone into enhancing their flavors and put it into the goddamn can. Arizona, no. Yeah, I'm sure it takes a lot of money to make sweet tea, man. I'm sure there's a lot of research into that. Arizona knows that I want a blurry picture of whatever that fucking golfer. Yeah, what has Arizona done with their money though? It hasn't they, changed. It, it hasn't changed. The drink it's gone hasn't to changed. The stockholders, it's gone where everywhere else. But they know a good thing when they see it, and you know, I I can appreciate that. I'm you know, I I like people not changing to please me i want a low resolution photo of a riverboat just blown up beyond its proportions so i can see the granular yeah uh, exactly the yeah that's what i want on my arizona tea you know fuck yeah or like vaguely orientalized like, like the green tea with its fucking <laughs> papyrus like lettering like does papyrus <laughs> even exist anymore no like, it's can you the get worst. That they no. just it's, pulled up. Uh, it's the worst fucking can. So. They just picked the one that looked best. They just went through like uh, thirty seconds of trying out different fonts. Ah. that's it. <laughs> At the first planning meeting in like nineteen ninety eight, they just went through all the Windows fonts. We're like, yeah, that's the best. We're I'm gonna telling stick- you, we should do Wingdings. Nobody's gonna understand it, John. Go papyrus. <laughs> My father used papyrus. We're going to use papyrus. Mm. Mm. Yes, tradition. Mm -hmm. You're remarkable for what would have been five. (laughs) Very prescient and five-year-old, Mr. Ridgeway. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you for making sure that my Arizona tea never... Never changed his. I think there's an episode about about that about uh choosing uh just the labeling on multiple products, you know, stuff like that. They really are concerned about the gummy sharks. What's that made out of? You know, Mm -hmm. that's alien technology. Ah, all right. Well, it looks like we're jumping right in. So, what do you have? What are you? What are you talking about, Ridgeway? What What have you got queued up for us? All right. Well. My favorite show is probably The X-Files. You know, I can't pick one favorite show, but if I had to, uh, that's it. Just mainly because of the relationship between Mulder and Scully. They have this sort of electric chemistry that just really pops off screen to me. And, uh, you know, I think the reason I like the show so much is because it's a monster of a week format. That is kind of used in a negative connotation these days. Oh, it's just a monster of the week show. But I really don't think so i totally mm-hmm. disagree because you could have a really bad episode and then you say oh well next week it's going to be better you know 
Mm. Each episode of this show is completely different from any other episode. That's true. So how do you feel? Uh, so first off, what we ask everyone, how did you come to the X-Files? How did you find it? Well, you know, I was uh, probably in high school just flipping through channels, and I saw the episode, uh, The Postmodern Prometheus. It's a retelling of the Frankenstein story. Mm. Uh, and the opening teaser was so interesting to me because it was in black and white. It showed this middle-class family, uh, and you're the whole time you're watching it, you're thinking this is a 50s show until it gets to the TV where they show Jerry Springer's on mm. television. And, uh, yeah, just the teasers. I, I saw a couple of episodes, and the teasers of the show are second to none. I can't think of any show that does it better at hooking you in the first five minutes. Yeah, I can agree with that. I feel that way about a lot of the episodes that you... Uh, chose for us to watch. Uh, so, with were you always into like sci-fi and horror? Is that? Oh yeah, really I'm just a like... huge comic book nerd. You know, so uh, this feels very similar in in the vein of comic books. You know, it's not totally mm-hmm. outlandish from the fight Loch Ness monster or werewolf. You know, so yeah. Well, and then funny you should mention postmodern Prometheus is the first one that got you into it because it ends like it ends transforming into a comic book oh yeah it does the whole thing is uh framed around that yeah yeah so cool by the Uh, way i gave these guys a list of 20 episodes to watch and jamie responded with one text that just said are all these really necessary so i appreciate your candor jamie (laughs) (laughs) i didn't make you watch 20 hours of a tv show you gotta waste your life on the show like i did Oh, I'm going to. Uh, I watched uh, four episodes, and I am in love. Uh, for the same reasons you described, Monster of the Week's like one of my favorite formats. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of my favorite TV shows ever, and it took you know took a lot from the X Files. It was very. Once I watched the X Files, I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, I see. I see where a lot of that came from." Yeah, people say uh, Buffy started the whole big bad idea in. TV shows, that's not true at all, okay? I'm not even sure X-Files invented it, okay? You're probably going to have to go back to the 60s to find that. But Yeah, but X-Files definitely did it in the uh, in the modern TV. I guess, I don't know, I guess it was like right before this the, the great renaissance, but... Yeah, I guess that's interesting. It kind of kick-started it. Yeah, so one of the things that I noticed in the show and uh, been reading about is the like fundamental distrust of institutions and we'll talk about this because it's also like wrapped up in the whole that the show is really fucking white and i think maybe it's the first thinking about it i can't think of other shows like prior to the 90s that were so insistent about questioning whether or not the government was telling white people the truth so I think that that's interesting um, to think about. What do you guys think about that? Do you, what do you mean? Like, so the, you know, people of color and, you know, sexual minorities, like everyone, like those people have known that the government is not their friend for a really long time. Oh, okay. You can, yeah. you can okay. point to saying. like, yeah. And like a lot of the TV show, like we think Cheers and we think, uh, all in the family and sitcoms and whatnot and like in those really white 
TV shows, there's never really a like sense. You know, everyone is a good homemaker. Everyone goes and does jury duty, and the government will take care of you and provide for you. Whereas in the you know 80s, like late 80s, going into the 90s, early 90s, this premiered in 1993. You kind of you have this breakdown of people no longer believing white people specifically no longer believing that the government is yeah, I think that element's always been there it just went so far to the right during the 1950s during the red scare and the pink scare and all that stuff that people had to look towards their government otherwise you could potentially get locked up or fired from your job yeah uh, so I look at everything through the lens of comic books if you can't tell already yeah. uh, basically there was this thing called the comics book code of authority which have, was a self-censoring body of comic books. And it wasn't just curse words and boobs and stuff like that. You also couldn't betray a police officer in a negative light. Or you couldn't even talk about, quote, political issues, even if the political issues were stuff like basic human rights, you know. You couldn't yeah. talk about that stuff in comic mm -hmm. books. And I'm sure it was just like that with the Hayes Code. And after the Hayes Code... Uh, with the FCC and all that yeah. stuff. So I guess, do you know if, like, in the night, like late 1980s, 1990s, if comics started to... Like, when did the code kind of go out the door? And I guess, like, you know, because you think about that. Like, right. They, I, were, I, they were constantly pushing the envelope. I remember one story. Uh, I, I forget who the comic book artist was, but he wanted to have a space-age story that took completely in, took place in space and at the end of it it was basically going to be Metroid where he takes off his helmet and it was a black man underneath it had no political connotations other than that mm -hmm. I don't even consider that political myself yeah. uh, but that was censored so I, I think it was really uh, have you ever heard of the comic book Green Lantern Green Arrow I've heard of the characters. I don't know if you're referencing like a specific. Yeah, it was or... a specific comic book from the 70s. Uh, uh -huh. Basically, they took these two characters because they were both failing in sales and they both have green in the title and they put them together. And uh, it was really interesting because the writers, uh, Denny O'Neill and uh, I forget who else was on the comic book, but they basically did it like a soap opera. And at the time, you could basically talk about drugs and stuff like that as long as it was an anti-drug message. But it didn't really hold your hand or anything like that. And they somehow skirted the uh, censorship like that. I think it was really Stan Lee in the 80s who uh -huh. wanted to tell an anti-drug story with Spider-Man. And they told him no. Yeah, so yeah, I remember that. They just published it without the uh, comic was, book. Uh, was that Green Lantern? Was that the one where they first put like like Speedy doing heroin? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And uh, that comic book features, of course, Green, uh, Green Arrow slapping... His adopted son, basically. Yeah, beats, he like he like more than slaps him, doesn't he? Doesn't he like beat the shit out of him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. For doing and, uh, at the end of the comic book, people forget about this, but he eventually apologizes. Hey, you know, I shouldn't have slapped you in the face, but uh, yeah, yeah. If you just picked up that cover, it's pretty infamous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that I was see also that. the first uh, first black comic book character at DC who uh, wasn't a gang member, was uh, John Stewart uh, Green Lantern, uh, my understanding, if I, if oh. I remember. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. 
So I was just I was just thinking because that that's kind of, that's probably the media that the creator of the show, Chris Carter, probably would have been brought up on. And I was just thinking the other day about like all of the Disney Renaissance and like how that has impacted the way I look at the world. So I'm wondering if that might have had an impact on the the X Files. Yeah, because it's very serialized in the show. Each episode is different, you know. Uh So of the – so I guess I want to break down into the episodes. Should I explain the mythology show? Because people really understand it. I don't even understand it completely. I'll give you a very brief history summary of the X-Files. Spoiler alert. Hmm. Okay, basically aliens came down in the 60s at the Roswell incident, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That created the syndicate, which is basically the Illuminati, which acts as an intermediary between the aliens and the humans. They're basically a one-world government that controls everything. Uh, Mm. At some point around the 90s, I mean the 80s when Mulder was a kid, 70s. Whoa, 70s, okay. They basically required every member of the syndicate to offer up one of their own children to the aliens as a sacrifice biblical allegory chris carter loves that sort of stuff in the show uh and that basically led to Mulder's sister being abducted by aliens this is the main driving force of Mulder's character mm. you know at, at this point he is I know this is a bad trope where your character is smarter and better and more athletic than anybody else for no reason, mm-hmm. like House or Batman, but it really works because Mulder is all these things, but he's throwing his life away to chase UFOs, and he gets put in the basement of the FBI, basically. That's mm-hmm. where the X-Files is. Mm-hmm. The X-Files is where any sort of supernatural case, any case where nobody would ever believe the results gets thrown down into the basement to never see the light of day, supposedly, unless it was for Mulder and Scully. Mm. And, of course, nobody believes them. Yeah. But there are a ton of fucking cases. They've got a lot of shit to work through. Yeah, there's some episodes where they take pictures of stuff and there's DNA, but nobody believes them. There we go. Look at that. They really just needed a blog. Twitter. They needed a Twitter account. Yeah, people would have They would have blown the fuck up. Hey, you know there's a porter potty monster? Oh, I'm never going to the porter potty again. There we go. Man, I bet, like, I bet Mulder would be a great Instagram influencer. Like, he would, especially, like, early 90s David Duchovny, like, he was a sex symbol. I bet he would, like, now he'd be, like, with a picture of the monster next to, like, sculpted abs. (laughs) And, like, that would be his thing. And he'd be like, the truth is out there. Like, I want you to believe. Like, that would be the poster. I'm trying to work in David Duchovny in that red Speedo somehow, but I, I don't know how to make it come up organically. But there's an episode, I think it's Dwayne Barry, where uh, they're like, Mulder, we, we need you right away. But he's, like, swimming in the Quantico pool. He's wearing, like, a tight red Speedo. There you go. Look at that. So uh, that, that's pretty service. That was a, that was a pretty Fan organic service. way to, to bring it up. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It felt natural. Mm-hmm. Perfect. But so I, that, I'm, what episode is that? Uh, I really don't know. I'll, have to, I'll just type it Dwayne in. Barry. I'll type in Dwayne David Duchovny. In the episode, Dwayne Barry likes to talk in the third person. Yes. Okay. Alex, Alex is right. It is Dwayne Barry. I just read that before we got on to talk to with one another. Hmm. So 
now I can feel confident that Ridgeway actually knows this show backwards and forwards. Um, cause that is just the right kind of esoteric detail that someone who absolutely loves the property would remember. Yep. So, yeah. uh, Something else I wanted to talk about is basically this idea of George Lucas disease. Have you heard of this? No. It's basically whenever a creator is too close to a property, their own Uh, creation, that they don't understand that they're totally ruining it. Yes. I can agree with that. Yes. Have we not not changed the name to J.K. Rowling Syndrome yet? (laughs) Yeah. I really don't need to know that uh, the people in Hogwarts used to crap their pants and make it go away by magic. I really didn't need to know that. Also, yeah, why it, wouldn't it, you just it go to the bathroom? It's not nothing. that hard. <laughs> but a bunch wouldn't it of smell shit. really bad? Wouldn't you know somebody's taking a dump right in well, also, you you're talking Also, about? like, in one of the rules, like, it doesn't go away, so that poop is somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's all at the bottom of the lake. But also just, like... If you mess I... up and you teleport it in the middle of a wall or somewhere, or, like, on the middle of the kitchen table. <laughs> oh, right in the middle of the Great Hall, just a whole, there's just a whole shit table somewhere. Yeah, because the Weasleys have a really bad wand. I'm sure people had defective equipment back in the day. Oh. Mm. Yeah, hand-carved wands? I mean, jeez. <laughs> there's got to be a few bad that? ones. Oh, God. We got to assume that uh, <laughs> in any sort of fantasy series, the technology does not improve as time goes on. So they're using the same wands. 100 years ago or today all right Uh, sounds about white uh so before (laughs) actually talking about the before we like i think there is a great episode in the smaller list of episodes that you gave us to talk about the george lucas syndrome and Mm -hmm. so i just wanted to just quickly touch on that so you gave us uh at first your you know 15 odd long list of episodes and it spanned from season one to season 11 the most recent season but then when you came back to us with um a smaller list it was only through season six yeah and so i just kind of wanted to talk to you about like how did you call the list so the episodes that we ended up with were uh episode one the pilot uh episode or season three episode four the final repose uh, or Clyde Bruckman's final repose uh, season four, episode two, which is home uh, season five, episode 10, which is Chinga. And then uh, season six, episode two drive from a list of 20. So how did you call it down to those five titles? Right. Well, I think uh, every episode kind of encapsulates a different part of the X-Files. The pilot, you have to watch to understand the basic premise of the show, so not really going to go into that mm-hmm. too much. Uh, it's not that good of a pilot, but I do like that uh, basically you see them meeting him, uh, and that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Clyde Bruckman is, to me, the pinnacle of great X-Files. That episode is written by Darren Morgan, who... Uh, is not very prolific. He's only written a couple of episodes of X-Files and other TV shows. Mm-hmm. But every time he comes in, he just knocks it out of the park. Uh, it's a very funny episode. I love any reference to Mulder's problems with masturbation. I, I, I really like that. Uh, it's officially canon that Mulder dies from autoerotic asphyxiation in this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I remember. And, That's you know, so uh, great. I was like, I was like, oh man, I remember hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> and David Duchovny has like, I think, a sex addiction in real life. So that was definitely. Uh, based on real life. Mulder so, I mean, is basically a company. Actually... He likes baseball. He likes sesame seeds. He played on the Princeton basketball team like David Duchovny did in real life. Wow. So, yeah, there's really no difference. Uh, and that episode's just so great. Uh, the actor, I, I forget his name, he was in uh, uh, that Ray Romano, everybody loves Ray. Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, yeah. He played that's the his dad. best role since a uh, young Frankenstein man. Yeah. Oh yeah. R.I.P. Man, that guy's no longer with us. Man, he was so good in that episode. Yeah. And I think uh, the writer I saw on uh, Kamalin's podcast. He has a podcast about the X Files, mm. and he was interviewing Darren Morgan, and he kind of goes into this whole like. What are the odds thing? The way you write up plot contrivances and stuff like that is you just address the audience immediately. You're just like, yeah, we know this is stupid. We know the odds are incredible that these two characters will meet this way, but we're just going to do it anyway because it makes a good story, you know? And they actually do that in the episode. It's like, oh, this isn't supposed to happen. Yeah. They do that a lot. There are a lot of coincidences in Clyde Bruckman. A lot of stupid coincidences. God, the whole fucking pie. I hated that. That was so dumb. That anyway. episode also uh, is the first appearances of Queequeg, Scully's dog, which makes an appearance later in the show. Uh, in the episode Quagmire, where he gets eaten by a gator or a Loch Ness monster, whichever one you choose. A lot of things in the show are open-ended. Oh, At least the show had the guts to kill off the dog. I hate it whenever on a TV show or a movie, they always put the dog in danger. So you're like, oh, what about the dog? But then they don't actually kill him. So that way you feel, oh, it's great. You know, because killing off a dog is very depressing, despite, you know, dogs having yeah. like 10 years. I mean, yes. But I mean, that's why they're so precious. They pack so much life into the tiny spans that they have. Ugh. But I feel like TV, I feel like we're now living in a moment where people don't give a fuck about the dog anymore. Next episode, uh, moving right along. <laughs> well, well we, can, we, can, we can dig down into these. I just wanted to, so we did the, you, you gave us a great overarching mythology of what The X-Files is about. But all of the episodes that you chose, like with exception of maybe the pilot, all fall into the monster of the week category. Yeah, because they're not very good. It's very Byzantine and overly complicated. Uh, no. I do like the occasional uh, storyline episode. One of my favorite is, uh, I think it's called Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this episode basically reveals that the cigarette smoking man is responsible for the deaths of JFK, MLK, and uh, Robert kennedy and all because he's a failed novelist all he wants to do is write his book and get published if <laughs> someone had published his short story yeah he's probably, yeah he's Very probably a, of side. Of a certain dictator uh, mm -hmm. oh yeah that too <laughs> but you know i i think that episode is so ridiculous it goes into like them fixing the oscars and i think he says the buffalo bills will never win a super bowl as long as i'm alive or something like that 
Yep. So you don't actually believe that he killed JFK and MLK. It's just so ridiculous that you don't actually believe it. There's a storyline episode where they go into vaccines basically being used by the government to keep track of you. And that's oh, just my. like... Well, that's the truth. actual people who believe but, that. <laughs> that is 2019, my friend. Yeah, I don't really like stuff that's like too close to home, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. There are people who are dumb enough to watch that episode and be like, see, I told you. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's a question I wanted to get to later on, too, is do like, is this show maybe not at the time? I don't know. Like shows like this where they speculate so openly are they good or bad especially like when you know that people who consume your media aren't necessarily the most savvy people i you know i've fallen for old links before like it's a real story but it's three years old and it's just like oh my god look maya angelou is dead yeah maya angelou has been dead for like almost a decade (laughs) like yeah, so let me be clear. If there was any sort of evidence that vaccines caused any sort of disease, I would be with you. I would say not to get vaccinated. But the truth is there's no evidence. We have evidence that, uh, not to get political, but that Trump met with Trump's campaign met with Russian spies at Trump Tower. Mm. That came out. So that's a real conspiracy that exists. Nixon broke into the DNC. Uh you know, Putin uh, is a very repressive regime. We know that he's stuffed ballot boxes. So if there's a real conspiracy, we're probably going to find out about it. So I don't really put too much weight into, like, fictional conspiracies, you know, other than the vaccine thing, which is kind of a problem because we're dealing with, like, kids not being vaccinated, you know. Yeah. Well, we... I guess you and I live in Mississippi. Sorry, Jamie, out in the wilds of uh, Tennessee. But we're at like... Well, kind of. <laughs> Just barely. Are you but, over the line? Oh, I am in Memphis. But, I mean, that's... It's, you know, it's North Mississippi. Mississippi North. Mm. We'll annex it one day. Yeah. Um, yeah, the biggest city in Mississippi is South Haven. I've heard that joke before. Um, so, okay... Okay. Well, I mean, I guess it's just the, I don't know. I guess it's a, it's a hard line to walk, right? It's it one. I don't think we should really cater to stupid people. Yeah. Okay. I can agree with that. Um, I'll agree with that. Okay. Uh, so moving on and then, okay. And then the other thing about the episodes you chose is they are terrifying. They're, yep, especially <laughs> they're all very scary. They're all very scary, except with, like, I don't think the pilot was very scary, but the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, from, like, Drive was, like, that's low, that's really sad, and then they all just get more fucked up from there. What was what was that choice? What was that? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I just want to show people home just to see if they freak out. You know, I'd like to see their look on their faces when they see that. That episode was actually banned by Fox for being too scary. It's, it's appeared in other syndicated networks, but uh, Fox won't show that episode because it's so scary and violent and gross. That know, episode yeah, I agree actually... with their decision. <laughs> you didn't like it. Oh, I loved it, but it's terrifying. It was, yeah, go ahead. 
I love that episode because it's real. It's one of the few episodes where nothing supernatural happens. They exaggerate the uh, uh, deformities that they have from being super inbred. But uh, Mm -hmm. other than that, everything is real. You know, Uh, I grew up uh, part of my life in Virginia, which some people don't consider that to be the South. Uh, They're wrong. There's a lot of ignorant people in Virginia. So that episode takes place in Pennsylvania. I think they're like descendants of the Confederacy. So yeah, yeah, the Best war of northern people. aggressions when they, as they say, lost yeah. it all. I guess they, uh, well, they did invade the North. So never think... let facts get in the yeah. way of good argument. So, <laughs> well, I was gonna say with that, I thought the way that they one, it's as if the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is scary. I feel like it. I feel like there are a lot of great episodes in the X-Files that take like an existing horror property and because they had an hour, boiled it down to its essence and made it just like terrifying nightmare juice. And Home is with its dead baby and everything is exactly that. Um, But I also thought it was interesting. um, We can kind of start to move into the discussion about how this is, you consider it one of the widest shows ever put to celluloid. Uh, the, the one black character in that episode of the many episodes that I had seen previously yeah, is beaten to death, not just dies, is beaten to death by a bunch of Civil War descended rednecks. Uh, and I, I thought it was an interesting episode. I guess it's interesting to see how, because what, Chris Carter's from Los Angeles. And to see how those author or those writers tackle things like the South and the Civil War and the legacies of those things. Um, yeah. yeah. I think the show uh, kind of runs into problems with exoticizing certain aspects of different cultures. You know, uh, there's one episode that's really bad. Uh, it actually has B.D. Wong in it. Oh, no. What did they do to B.D.? He's actually the detective. He's the hero. The episode's criticized because Mulder and Scully don't do anything, but I don't necessarily believe they should be the protagonists of every single episode, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the episode involves a lottery in Chinatown where they remove part of your bodies most of the time, but there's one chance that you win the whole lotto. But in all the years they've been doing it, probably decades, nobody's ever won this lottery system. Uh, so why would you even play a game like that? Well, I could be the one. Yeah. But it just, first of all, I don't think there's any part of Chinese culture where that's a thing. I think that's just something they made up for the episode. So that's probably mm-hmm. one of the worst episodes of all time. And that's what they do. I, I think they just exaggerate certain cultures, which is definitely mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an episode where I've seen that happen. An episode where they do it well, I think, is Shapes, which is a real cultural belief Native, certain Native American tribes have where people can transform into different animals, deer, mm. wolf. You know, they, they handle that one, in my mind, pretty respectfully. Yeah. But so I'm not totally against that sort of thing. I, mm. I just think, uh, you know, at a certain point, you have to stop and ask, you know, is this racist or not, you know? And yeah. I don't think they stopped and asked that question. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people didn't stop and ask that question uh, in the early 90s through the early 2000s. Um, 
especially because it over you know anything that overlaps with 9-11 like there's the opportunity to get into the really hardcore jingoistic um you know yeah you can go the west wing approach where he basically turns in a liberal bush yep oh Uh, did you know that the the x-files spinoff show the lone gunman actually predicts 9-11 the episode aired in i think of 2001 and in it they have to stop the government from sending a plane into the twin towers and you actually see the plane about to fly into the twin towers before the heroes save it at the last minute so not only did they predict 9-11 they predicted 9-11 conspiracy theories before it actually happened Mm. wow I did not know that That's one of the few, like, they predicted 9-11 things that's actually legitimate, you know? Some people yeah. are just adding up numbers. But that one, I mean, that really some stuff, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it, it, it makes, I guess it makes you question things at the same time that the building, like, the building they tried to blow up the world towers before it. So the question isn't whether or not the low government predicted it. It's why didn't the FBI or the CIA yes, predict exactly. what happened? Yeah, because the building blocks are out there. It's like uh, you know, cell phones on Star Trek, right? Like it was yeah. out there. The idea was out there. People just need to put the building blocks together to get it right. So, yeah. So who knows what the uh, X-Files has predicted for us and what else the that uh chris carter machine has turned out for us to discover in the future (laughs) oh man Uh, hopefully not hopefully they're wrong about the uh alien plague thing being caused by vaccines uh by the way hopefully we can transition into like the reason and you know the the way i'm talking about the show you think i hate it but in reality i talk about star wars the same way you know Mm-hmm. If you listen to it, you'd think I hate the show. I don't. I, I love the show. I'd love to dissect it and talk about it. Yeah, you 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 can only be critical of something you're you're watching, you know, multiple times. Like where you want to get into the minute details of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the worst part of the show is the finales. Yeah. Oh, Why are the they way, so bad? I've seen tweets recently that are like, "Oh, Game of Thrones is awful. It totally ruined the show for me." I'm never going to watch Game of Thrones ever again. This is the worst finale ever. And people actually fundamentally believe that. Not that there aren't like great characters on Game of Thrones or like the actors are great on the show, the special effects. But no, because the writing is bad. Oh, I'm just, forget it. I'm not going to watch the show ever again. All I hear is wah, wah. Like, if you read the books, they're clearly setting up Danny to go evil. I don't agree with the way they did it. Of course not. It felt rushed, and I, I totally agree with you on that. But, like, there are worse finales than Game of Thrones. Hands down. Most shows don't even get a finale. Most shows get canceled. So, I guess in the context of the X-Files, did they not know how to end anything? Oh, yeah. Uh, the finale, the first finale... Uh, Back in season, I want to say season nine, mm. uh, they basically do the Seinfeld ending, where they have a trial and they bring up all the stuff from. Oh previous God! Seasons. Oh and, no! Uh, that episode features Fox Mulder 
in a secret government trial where it's totally closed off from the public, which is complete fiction. We, there's no way we in America would allow the government to hold secret trials, okay? That's totally against the fundamentals of our Constitution. There will be riots in the streets. We wouldn't allow it. It's uh, called FISA. We do allow it. That's how we take out terrorists. No one ever knows. What? Yeah. Did, that's how... You see this on MSNBC, Muckler? <laughs> well, yep. I'm cocooned in the liberal media. This is where I got my information. Hmm. Yeah, but and yeah. that episode features uh, the cigarette smoking man coming back to life. I, I have no idea how. I think he has some alien serum that puts all of his body parts back together but he's alive and he orders a tomahawk missile strike on Mulder but it accidentally hits him and blows himself up that's some Looney Tunes stuff right there that's isn't it how like after season 6 that it goes more towards the uh David Duchovny left a show uh, oh yeah he did and they brought in uh Agent Doggett, played by uh, Robert Patrick, and uh, Agent Monica Reyes, played by Annabeth Gersh, uh, who I don't think is Latino in real life. Uh, hmm. Not sure. Kind of going back into that, X-Files is the whitest show of all time. <laughs> but they did not have the same chemistry as David Duchovny and Gillian uh, Anderson. You can't manufacture chemistry like that. And they really tried to keep the show going after that but it just didn't they had to wait till the reboot and uh basically the second finale might be worse than the first i kind of went into this earlier because basically there's this plague that started by the government activating all the viruses in vaccines so everybody gets polio and smallpox at the same time and while i'm watching it I'm watching the world end basically before my eyes and Mulder's about to die and she just looks up in the sky when an alien is about to abduct her in front of thousands of people in, on like the middle of a major bridge in D.C. Mm. And I was thinking to myself, how are they going to go on from here? The X-Files would be over. The X-Files is based on the premise of nobody knowing that aliens exist. Nobody believes it. Yeah, that's... Uh, so if an alien abducts Scully in the middle of a bridge during traffic, wouldn't people know that aliens exist? And then the way they wrote it out of, the way they reset everything to normal was next season they revealed it was all a dream. And I've never been more excited for a TV show to reveal it was all a dream. I was like, that's fantastic. Thank you. I know it's lazy, but it's better than wherever they were going before that. <laughs> Okay, well, that's insane. So, and the you... last finale yeah. is actually passable. So, and go. I think that's it because Jillian Anderson refuses to do any more X Files, and I do not blame her. Good for her. It's weird. I think X Files is the only property which its own fans want it to stay dead. True, I can see that. I think a lot of things should stay dead. I actually think the X-Files should have stayed dead after season nine and after, I guess, after the 2008 movie. Yeah. I mean, probably should have died a million deaths. 
Just because, <laughs> like, I watched the episode with uh, Kumail Nanjiani, and... Yeah. Like, you don't think it's worth it? I don't think it's worth it. Like, great for him that he got to realize his lifelong dream, but there's that there's a whole sequence in it where he goes through the slap, the monster in it is talking to David Duchovny and going through all of or Mulder and going through all of the different scenarios that got him there. I was just like, this is this is narrative cotton candy. This adds nothing. I don't care <laughs> that getting bit by a human turning you into a wear person has made you care about your job. Like, it's not funny. Like, yeah, that's it's like so listening sad. to somebody do their tight five and it's not funny. It's just awkward. Yeah, I know how painful that can be. At least we didn't boo you off the podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll insert it in post. You got that, Jamie? Make that note. Yeah, put a laugh track in there. Uh, people like those, right? Uh-huh. I mean, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to, before we lose the thread, going well, thank back... Thank you for being a good moderator. Gosh, I try. I try. You're saving this podcast. Um, I just wanted to touch back on the George Lucas syndrome, and I said an episode that would be really good to talk about that. Also, another fucking terrifying episode is Chinga. Yes. Uh, season 5, episode 10, because it was actually written by Stephen, Stephen King. King. It was heavily rewritten by none other than Chris Carter. Mm-hmm. Go off. Go off on Chinga, young man. Uh, well, first of all, I don't think Stephen King, from what I read about his original script, he is a Mulder and Scully shipper. Mm. You basically have them like, I don't know what they were going to do, probably make out or something like that. Mm. So they rewrote the episode to make Mulder and Scully separated. Mm. Almost to the point where nothing was left in Stephen King's original script. Uh, yeah. Wait. If you have a creator like that doing it, you should probably give him carte blanche, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But uh, yeah, I, I just like that episode because it's just horrifying. Yeah. So the thing that is also terrifying about that episode, and it's a Scully standalone episode. People uh. I really wanted to put a standalone Scully episode in there, but I didn't know which one to choose. Uh, I thought that was a good one. I like it when they flip around Mulder and Scully's roles on the show. It mm-hmm. usually deals with religion. Mulder could meet God and still be an atheist for some reason. Like he'd be like, oh, I don't know. I think he's an alien. <laughs> but you think uh, Scully would uh, is a convert? Yeah, well, she's a she's a Catholic on the show. Uh, oh, so and they they anytime like demons or stuff like that come into the show. Why does Mulder not believe in demons or angels, but he believes in aliens and werewolves? I have no idea. Hmm. See, I could get believing in aliens and not believing in God, but believing in werewolves and not believing in God. <laughs> For some reason, that just, that's suspect yeah. to me. They are kind of demonic, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think it's just the, I don't know, I guess they kind of work on the same mechanics, right? Like, a lot of, I don't know, werewolves always seem to come up, like, it's, they are bad people. Like, they are wearing the pelt of a skinned wolf so that they can eat their neighbor's sheep. 
because they all have ridiculous rules. Like to kill a werewolf, you have to have a silver bullet. And uh, I'm not going to get into religion. Okay, that's a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, Some crazy rules. Yeah. But talking about carte blanche with Chinga. Um, really, the reason why they should have given Stephen King like free reign with that was also because it was before he was hit by the car. And everything Stephen King wrote pre being hit by the car is great. And everything he's written afterwards is moon. Well, I mean, it was a. I didn't come up with this joke, but somebody said it was co written by cocaine. Yeah, he doesn't remember writing a lot of it, right? Yeah, it's thicker than the Bible, if I believe. And uh, there's some crazy stuff like. If they go into the mythology of the world that like God is a giant turtle and it is basically their version of the devil. All of this stuff is cut out of the show. I mean, of, yeah, the movie. The I didn't see the movie, but I love the book. Did you see the miniseries from the eighties? I saw that when I was like a kid. Yeah, eight. yeah. I felt like yeah. it was on like VH1 or something. And sci-fi. Yeah. It was, I was terrifying. Just flipping through it. Yeah, that, that scarred me for life. Watching it today, I'm like, oh man, this claymation is terrible. But like. <laughs> Man, At the Tim time, Curry, it definitely though. worked. Tim Curry, scary ass motherfucker. Uh, you want to think... talk about uh, like cameos on the show? Sure. There's an episode with Ryan Reynolds before he was famous and British. What? Yeah. How did that not make it on our list? <laughs> how did you not highlight that there's a Ryan Reynolds episode? You know, I should have gone more funny. That's a very lighthearted episode, you know. Uh, it would have really helped to balance out the palette. We're going to post. Episode, I, I forget what it's called, but it's the Zodiac episode. Uh, um, uh, and it also stars uh, the daughter from that 70s show. Uh, which one? Mila Kunis or the redhead? Uh, the blonde. His one. older sister, Eric's older oh, sister. Oh, okay. There we go. She uh, passed away uh, not too long ago. It was very sad. Mm, R.I.P. A lot of death uh, today. <laughs> of course, uh, you you already mentioned Brian Cranston. Vince Gillian used to write for the X Files. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Did he write episode six? I wonder when they... I think like, so. That's why he cast him, because him and uh, Brian Cranston are, are, were friends from that show. So that's yeah. why he cast him in Breaking Bad. Oh, I did not know that. I mean, that's a great episode. I, Jamie, did you get to watch Drive? No, I did not watch that one. I thought it was interesting that they... Uh, Ridgeway, that they set it in... Like, again, it's out in the West. Like, you see a lot of the things that'll develop... Like I think they were filming man. in L.A. at the time because yeah. of David Duchovny. Man, fuck David Duchovny. And Have any of you seen Evolution, the movie he left X-Files to film? No. Mm-hmm. All I remember was seeing that poster as a kid in the, in the video store. Man, that movie's bad. I've never seen it. <laughs> he really it's, thought it could be a movie star. It's so bad it doesn't need to be seen. <laughs> David Duchovny, yeah, he just, I mean, X-Files is, that's his thing, you know? Yeah. yeah that and Californication. He, watching oh, the new yeah. one, has had a ton of work done, I think, on his face. Of course, I'm going to get sued. I don't I know. his nose is Allegedly. because he's gotten older. I think. It's like his nose and ears. There you go. For the rest of his life, right? They're just going to engulf his face. It'll just be, <laughs> at the end of it, just one big. Gillian Anderson. Ages in reverse. It's amazing. Mm. She looks better now than she did in the pilot, probably. 
Um, she's stealing his life force. He gets there, uglier as as that's she a good gets... episode. We should we should write this for the reboot. Yeah. Oh, that would be crazy. That would There's be, no that, Leprechaun episode. Is that how she? Is that how Scully is immortal? She's just sponging <laughs> off of David Duchovny or uh, Mulder's energy, Spooky Mulder's energy. Does that mean that he's immortal? It's obviously not because he dies from autoerotic asphyxiation. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's like Elfin rules. If if you kill yourself through autoerotic asphyxiation, you're not really immortal. Immortality doesn't make any sense, right? We can just state that right here i never understood the rules on that like the universe is gonna die out right it's either gonna yeah eventually always always thought of it as you can be killed but you don't just you just don't die they straight up you don't die like of natural causes you can be like shot down she would die like in a thousand years right or like ten thousand years or a million years she would still die yeah but i wouldn't want to stick around because like she wouldn't evolve she wouldn't have, like, again, it would have to be, like, a vampire situation, like, where she stops aging. Like, there's, because that's also the other thing that a lot of immortality doesn't explain, is, like, do you just keep aging? Like, what What would a 200-year-old yeah, person look die. like? It depends. A it depends. Look like? Tuck everlasting rules, you never age again. You know? Yeah. Same with vampire rules. Yeah, vamp- well, vampires age slowly. You'll eventually become an old man as a vampire. It just takes, like, 500 years. I didn't know that. Look at that. I learned something new about vampire lore. I mean, it depends on which on the lore. lore you're looking at, but yeah. in the good lore. <laughs> My lore's better than your lore. <laughs> yeah, the like, vampires can't be the in the sun or they'll die. Lore. There's lore that, that should be followed. Not our podcast, but a good podcast nonetheless. Yeah, don't... You should follow. Lore's... It's not as good as this. Not at all. Yeah, well, I I apologize. I made you watch all scary episodes. You know, I could put, like, humorous episodes, but I I think you've seen the one at the carnival, haven't you, Jamie? The one at the carnival. Um, What's it? The freak show episode. Yes, I've, I, I believe I saw that with you and uh, Will. That's a great episode because it uh, portrays them as normal people, you know. Uh, a lot of people, even the name Freak Show is, uh, you know, diminutive. Mm. But uh, there's a scene in that episode where uh, there's this hotel manager and Mulder asks him if he works for the, the carnival and he says... Just because I'm a man of short stature, you take one look at me and you think I'm a, in the freak show. You couldn't possibly believe I went to college and got a degree in hotel management. And he turns it around on Mulder. He goes, I'll take one look at you and I'll sum you up. Long coat, suit and tie, unimaginative style. You're probably an FBI agent. Oh, shit. <laughs> Boom, got him. Golly, that's oh yeah. And that's well, of course that one takes place in Florida as well. Yeah, yeah. Another dunk on the South. Florida's not. I guess. Well, I guess it was. Was it in the Panhandle? Did it give you a a, a town name? Once you go below like Jacksonville, it's like 
no Gib- longer in Gibstun the south. Gibstun Yeah, Tun. it was in the swamp. Uh, probably Everglades or somewhere like that. Uh, also filmed Gib- in British Columbia. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely wasn't filmed in Florida. For some reason, people in the south like to be made fun of. Like, they like Dukes of Hazard. They like you might be a redneck jokes. Just not smart enough to realize we're being made fun of. <laughs> Just real slow on the upkeep. Yeah. Always to ourselves. Bless our hearts. There's an episode with... Uh, it's kind of like the reverse of that. Uh, it takes place in Texas. It's about a town of vampires. And uh, it's great because it takes... It's a story told in reverse, you know, a framing device. And they're basically explaining from their point of view the way they saw the mystery. And the sheriff is played by uh, Owen Wilson's brother, uh, Luke Wilson, I think his mm. name is. Yeah. And Scully kind of has a schoolgirl crush on him. So she views him as the real Luke Owens, you know, mm. kind of a handsome guy, if I don't say so myself. Uh, and then... Uh, when when Mulder's telling it, he's jealous of him, so he portrays him as like a country bumpkin. He's missing oh. his front tooth and stuff like that. So you get to see both. Yeah, and that and at the end, they're all very capable vampires, and the whole town leaves in the middle of the night. There we go. Who doesn't love a capable vampire? <laughs> that one kid does die pretty easily okay the episode starts with Mulder like shooting a kid with like silver bullets or something like that oh shit and then he takes off the uh, he takes off his fake teeth and he goes oh sh and then cuts the the X-Files scene you know because censorship but Mm -hmm. it's great do they they just never bring it up that that he that he killed somebody (laughs) no no they never bring that up there's he's a white. He's a white man in America who shot, shot a white kid. Yeah. Well, okay. The white kid part would probably get him on this Saturday evening. Oh right? yeah, that's true. Oh man. Depends on what kind of white. Well, kid. they're vampires. They want it all hush hush. So therefore, uh, the Illuminati would cover that up. There that's you go. Just, an, just another day in America, really. Uh, I really don't like the fact that they made they retcon spoiler alert that the cigarette smoking man is Mulder's father. Oh, I didn't know that. I see, but I feel like it was building to that. When did they like decide to? I think he was like Mulder was dying on his deathbed and he was gonna save him, but Mulder of course told him no, and he's like, "Well, no, I'm your father, right?" He basically says. Mulder, I am your father. Pretty much verbatim. It's uh, it's the only reason he wouldn't put a bullet in his head, right? If you were exploring all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't he just shoot Mulder? But also, like, wouldn't you never allow, like... If Does your that kid ever... exists? Yeah. Like, you would just... He wants what's best for his son, you know? He's got a cushy FBI job. He's doing well. That's true. He wants him to do well. It's yeah, it's the perfect, it's the best, worst kind of absent father type treatment. Like <laughs> he probably check, got him the job. Yeah, like a check shows up in a mail occasionally. Like Mulder hasn't actually ever paid his rent, but for some reason it's always on time. Sometimes it smells like cigarette smoke around his apartment. He doesn't understand why, but he doesn't question it. It just happens. That's just his life. 
And then all, <laughs> yeah. all the while, Daddy Dearest has a gun trained on him. That sounds really casual. That sounds like the kind of life I'd like to lead. Yeah, there, there, there should be an episode like that. Mm-hmm. I think there is. There's one where he, like, is in a fantasy world where, like, he meets... Um, where he's, like, married. Oh, okay. I was about to say... Uh, and tri- the cigarette smoking man is his dad. It's like a... Kind of like a Leave it to Beaver situation. Oh. Hmm. So th- they really were out here ex- doing all kinds of experiments, not just on people in the show, but, like, the show. That episode's crap because it uh, reveals that the cigarette smoking man secretly was raising Mulder's sister the whole time. I really like that being open-ended, you know? Uh, As to whether or not she got sacrificed to the aliens or not? Or is this his other sister? Well, that he never finds her. He gets a resolution that she died of, like, experiments on her by the government or something like that. Uh, To me, Mulder, the reason why he becomes an FBI agent is because of his sister, you know? And the reason he is so uh, passionate is because of... uh, his sister gone. He sees every victim as his sister, you know? Mm. So if you eliminate that, it totally eliminates his motivation as a character. That's also just really fucked up. Yeah. Just seeing your life like that, like everyone is your sister? Really? Get a therapist, bro. It does eventually, <laughs> right? In the new series? I feel like that's the thing that would help just immeasurably. Like everyone, let's just I go... I feel like so many characters would benefit from just like basic psychiatric help. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Like... <laughs> Let's destigmatize it a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. You know, but, there yeah. are psychiatrists hired by the FBI for this stuff. You know, they've been shot so many times. That's the most unrealistic part of the show that they never had to see a psychologist. Mm. Well, you know, strong. Mulder and Scully have been awesome. shot dozens of times in, over the course of the show. We should figure out how many times they've been shot. A lot. A lot. A lot. They should be dead. And hopefully they are after uh, season 11. Jillian Anderson just needs to stick by her guns. She yeah. has that new Netflix show where she plays a sex therapist. Like, yeah, I hear it's good. She's going to be fine. So she is fine. Yeah, she doesn't need the show. David Duchovny definitely needs the show. Now, next season, it's all just David Duchovny. Like, it goes the complete opposite direction. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it used to be in reverse. You know, she needed uh-huh. the paycheck. Now she's like, "Fuck you guys." She also, she also is absconded to Europe. She's a dual citizen. She's just like living I her best British life. British in real life. I is she? she has I, a British accent. Okay, I think, I think she's got dual citizenship though. I think she's British American. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. So good. I mean, really, like, who? First off, who wants to come to America? anymore and then second off who would want to go spend their time filming in la like really so i can understand why she's just like no i'm done i'm done with this yeah we should get kumailin to be showrunner or like jordan peele or somebody jordan peele with um nobody watches that well nobody has has all access who has has all access Absolutely not. I don't have it. Point proven. Who? There's Anyone? three episodes on YouTube. There we go. The, the the pilot was pretty good. That's the only one I've seen. Was that the comedian? 
yeah. Deku Mail's episode, yeah. I'm not sure what the moral was. You know, good at uh, Twilight Zone. I almost said good X-Files episodes have a moral. That's true. Uh, I'm not really sure what the moral to that one was, you know. But not that every Twilight Zone had a moral, you know, necessarily. Just the... I don't know what the moral of that uh, gremlin on the side of the plane was. It was just a good episode. So, something I wanted wanted to mention before we wrap this up. I think yeah. we've gone like an hour. Uh, but basically, when I was a kid, conspiracy theories were more left wing, sort of like the nature of the show. You know, uh, you know, Bush did nine eleven or whatever. Yeah. And then when Obama took the White House, basically it went the other way. Conspiracy theories went more like fringe right right wing. But now that Trump is in the White House, things are still right-wing, you know? People don't believe in that Sandy Hook happened or anything like that. I just find it really bizarre that we're stuck on, like, totally right-wing fringe conspiracy theories. Well, and I was going to... what Earlier when I was asking about uh, the transition between, like, was it the first TV show to really question the government and whether or not the government was lying to us was because I felt like a lot of that had happened in the set, like the sixties and seventies, but it was happening in film and it was often time. You had to cover it up better. You had to do it. Well, you had, like you had to cover it up better and it felt more like leftist in the conspiracy theories that were like, everyone is a communist. You know, everyone <laughs> is a socialist and like that was the worst i guess that's a right-wing conspiracy but like those were the people who were perpetuating those things and like moving to the right was bad and we just keep drifting further and further and further right and i think theories. x-files was just more explicit in in terms of what it said but like i said star trek they just basically because it was set in the future they could point back and say yeah you know human beings used to be a lot more militant this back in the day during the Vietnam War, which was going on, you couldn't say the Vietnam War uh, that we should find some sort of peaceful solution. You couldn't say that on TV. You could say, oh, this one race that's black and on one side and white on the other side hates this other race that's white on one side and black on the other. You know, you have to mm-hmm. do it through metaphor. Yeah. And now we just let it all hang out on reality TV show. There is no need for metaphor. <laughs> yeah, and now there's no subtlety at all, you know. The allegory of decline. I think there is a great allegory of the cigarette smoking man as being this uh, big bad of the show. There's one episode, uh, actually in the new season, I know, uh, I don't normally talk about this, but there's a scene where after he got blown up by the Tomahawk missile in that one finale, he's basically in the hospital room in a full body cast. And he says, you know, I may look weak, but I'm the most powerful man in the world which is mm-hmm. a great moment on the show. I think he really is the epitome of, like, toxic masculinity, you know, at the top, you know. Oh, yeah. You see him with uh, other political figures. You can fill in whoever you don't like in that spot. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Basically, the most corrupt people somehow end up at the top for some reason. Uh, white supremacy, hetero patriarchy um let me count the ways stolen native american land uh genocide there's a lot of reasons it's it's... and we just covered up because it's uncomfortable there we go 
Very much so. Probably but, the reason why people in the show don't believe any of this stuff exists is because it would make them feel uncomfortable. It's a great metaphor. Mm-hmm. That is a great metaphor. I'm going to have to watch future episodes through that lens. Oh, and I'm definitely going to watch more of it. I'm probably just going to start it. Like, I watch Pilot. I'm probably just going to start at episode two and just go. There you go. I really did enjoy it. I'm, I'm very much into the Monster of the Week with a little bit of overarching story. So, Ridgeway, as we transition into... You're going to be our guinea pig for this. All right. Uh, I'm going to pull up a timer on my phone. In... 30 seconds or less, I want you to tell our cuties out there why they should give the X-Files a chance. All right, so let me pull up my most faithful timer. Do we need to come up with a name for this? Do you have a name for it? No. Uh, we'll elevator it pitch. Elevator. We I mean, we can just call it elevator pitch, yeah. Working title, elevator pitch. All right, you got you got what you're gonna say. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, all right, and three, two, go. Well, the reason I like the X Files so much is because it really each episode's different. So there's really something for everybody. You know, if you're not into gross out horror, then there's another episode that's kind of a straight up comedy so it's really covering so many genres and uh you know the relationship between Mulder and Scully you know they start out as friends and they don't really it's not exploitive their relationship you know you really get the sense that they're friends before they become romantic with one another which is really as in any other show perfect I, I that makes me want to watch it the relationship who doesn't love a good romance Oh. Well, thank you, Alex, for coming on and sharing with us your thoughts about the X-Files. Um, it was really cool to talk to you and hear all of the different things that you're interested in about it, and I think this was a really good conversation. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been of fun. Of course, man. Yeah. We'll have to get you on another time and talk about something else, too. All right. So do you have anything else for us? Do you have anything that... Do you have any, any plugs? upcoming? Yeah, anything to plug? <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't. So, okay, well, watch X Files. Watch X Files. They're called the... X Files, spelled P H I L E S. That's what fans of the show are called. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're always okay. looking for like marks on the paper. Like here's the spot where it is. There we go. Alrighty, well. I'm Steven for Jamie and Alex. Thank you, cuties, for listening to us. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Cute Up Database, and we post updates regularly. And then you can also follow us on SoundCloud or Spotify to make sure that you get your weekly download. And again, we are always looking for guests out there who want to talk to us about their favorite snacks and TV shows. Uh, so if you think that you'd be interested in coming on and talking to two guys about what you think, we're here for you. All right. Thank you so much. And until next time. Bye, guys. Bye.